Hey, everybody, and welcome to season five uh, kickoff of God is Not a Theory with Ken Fish. Uh, today, it's just Ken and I, and we're talking about all things Gynat podcast and Orbis Ministries and uh, Ken Fish and all of the things that you all want to hear. And so we just want to give you a little preview of what's coming up, what's in the pipe and what's in the plan uh, for season five, and then look back a little bit on season four. So uh, Ken, you're blurred on the background. Are you joining us from your home studio? I am. And, you know, it's a funny thing, although it's kind of a sad thing. My uh, my home office has really become a cave. Um, one of my uh, one of my colleagues was here over the last few days. We were doing some work here in California and um, <clears throat> this individual wanted to get a look at my workspace because uh, they were of the opinion I needed a new backdrop, <laughs> which is part of why it's blurred out. <coughs> For those of you that are listening, this will mean nothing to you. But if you're watching on YouTube, if you look right over there, well, my hand blurred out now, uh, right over there, you'll see there's kind of a gap between my backdrop and there's an open space. That's because of the way the camera works. Um, I can't narrow the camera down to focus on me or if there's a way to do it i don't know how to do it if some of you out there are computer geeks and technical and you want to explain to me how better to do that i would be happy to listen um, and then along the bottom you can see there's a stack of books right there actually three stacks of books and then i've got more over there and a little bit of a gap over there it just didn't look good so i went to a blurred out background um, at some point i need to update it but unfortunately that's going to require moving some things around uh, changing the background. I actually went and bought three new ones over the Christmas holidays, but all of this is time use. And right now, as I'm recording with you, I'm in the middle of a major time crunch, uh, trying to get chapters written on my dissertation. And I've just had to put anything that isn't that to the side. Well, and you know, honestly, Ken, it's it, the, the background on your home studio is kind of a moot point because most of the time you're in a hotel room. And so I, that's why I just wasn't sure we're joining us. Where in the world is Ken Fish? Is one of my favorite games to play, and uh, just trying to figure out uh, what time zone hemisphere you might be uh, residing in at the moment. But um, so you're you're home, and we we've had some meetings and talked about uh, where we're going uh, for this podcast, and we have also talked about uh, the survey, and and I wanted to uh, talk briefly about that. We put out a survey on um, the Facebook group. Uh, which is God is not a theory Facebook group and got a tremendous amount of responses on what do you all want to hear? Now you may be wondering before we get into that, uh, what is this Facebook group and how can I find it? And the, the easy answer is you can't find it. Uh, you have to be uh, invited into it. And so if you're listening to this and you would like to be uh, a member of this group, and we do a lot of uh, correspondence, uh, some Q and a stuff, a little bit of video, You'll get a lot of information on uh, where Ken's going and trips and all of that. And then we do, you know, I'll post in there from time to time asking questions and all of that. So if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, Ken, how can they become a member uh, of this uh, God is Not a Theory Facebook group? Yeah, the best way to join God is Not a Theory, which, by the way, matches the name of this podcast. So you shouldn't have difficulty remembering the name of the group. Um, is you want to send a message on Facebook to Brian Orbis. So that's B-R-Y-A-N. 
Orbis, O-R-B-I-S, Brian Orbis. And if you just send a message to him and say, I'd like to be added to the God is not a theory group or the Facebook group will do, uh, Brian will add you. He's our administrator for the group. And he moderates a lot of the traffic. Occasionally I get involved in that, but I got to be honest, I'm so busy these days. I don't have a lot of time for moderating the group. So I, I'm I'm not the primary moderator, just to be clear, full disclosure. Um, but Brian watches it fairly closely. And if you send him those messages, that message, one single message, um, he will add you to the group. And the group is um, it's kind of our open forum for people to you know post questions and get answers from the community. I, I keep my eye on that group and I will periodically answer questions. Um, so you might get an answer directly from me. Uh, but but I want to be clear also, when we started this group several, I mean, more than a decade ago, I was actually on an airliner. I remember right where I was. I was flying home from Brisbane, Australia, and um, we were we were over the South Pacific. Um, it was morning. Uh, as the, meaning the sun was up and, you know, I, all these flights across the Pacific ultimately end up being overnight flights. But at that moment, it was still morning. And the word of the Lord came to me and he said, I want you to start a Facebook group. And at the time, I got to be honest, I didn't even know what a face group, Facebook group was. I knew what Facebook was, but I didn't know what a group was. And unlike a lot of people who have been on Facebook through the years, um, I at least up until now, have not had a public figure page. That may change this year, but that's a different conversation. Um, and I thought, well, all right. So at that time, I was still doing some business consulting. And I knew that if I kind of was out there as a Christian minister, that would destroy my business consulting, which now that I'm out there as a Christian minister, it, it pretty much has. Now and then I'll get a request from a Christian business person a man or woman to do some work, but I don't get much. Um, be, and everybody else, I think, ran for the hills uh, because there's just you're not allowed to be that out and public about your faith in the business community. And any of you who work in the secular world know what I'm talking about. So, um, so at that time, that was still part of my bread and butter. I didn't want to destroy that, so I decided to create a secret Facebook group based on this word that God gave me. But I, I mean, I literally didn't know what I was going after. I asked around a few people enlightened me. I started the group and it grew over time. Um, today it's got, I can't remember, I haven't checked it in the last few days, but we're in the neighborhood of maybe 8,500 or 9,000 users in the group. Uh, many of them lurk rather than actively participating, which is fine. Um, if, if Facebook of their own sovereign discretion had not done two purges on us uh, going back roughly to COVID and maybe the year after that, uh, this group would probably have something nearer to 28 or 29,000 users, maybe even 30 plus. Uh, but they they did a big purge and they just sent me a message and said, some of your users aren't active enough, so we just got rid of them for you. And I was like, well, thanks for that. Nice of you to you know consult with me about it. But this is one of the things that really annoys me and irritates me about Facebook is the way they manage things like that. Um, so we've left the group active. It's not quite as active as it used to be because in the past I would post all the time. I'm too busy to sit down and write posts. Here's one of the things that happens to me. I'm 
helping a lot of you understand my own internal process and what goes on in my life. A lot of times when I post something, that engenders a lot of questions. And just the nature of the way I'm wired, I want to answer people's questions. I'm not trying to be unreachable. Uh, but you know, if I get 10 questions in response to a post or worse, 50 or 100, um, going through and answering all that becomes yet another time use. And there was a there was a time where I was spending as much as six hours a day in my own God is not a theory group, just answering everybody's questions. And that just became unmanageable. So I don't always answer questions. I'll let the community answer them. Or sometimes I'll get around to them maybe weeks after the questions are posted because I have priorities like filming, like my dissertation that have to take precedence over those lower priority items. It's not that they're unimportant. That's a different statement. But but I just can't put them up at the what I do first uh, category. Anyway, this group's been around now for, I'm not even sure, maybe it's 13 or 14 years. And uh, people still go there. Um, they get a lot of information there. And by the way, it, the group is searchable. So if you have a topic you'd like to know about, do a search on that topic. You might well find some older posts. The answers aren't going to change materially in most cases. And so that becomes another resource for you. There's no charge to be in God is not a theory. It's just something that we have. And I will periodically add new content to it. I'll write new posts or whatever. But, <clears throat> but above and beyond the question and answer, and I think this is a key point. Everybody should really catch this. I didn't want the group to be where Ken's the equivalent of the Bible answer man. Sometimes I play that role, but that's not really what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to create a community that is interactive where people are sharing their experiences of God, their learnings. And I, I want it to be orthodox and sound. So hopefully a lot of this is grounded in scripture um, and grounded maybe more broadly in the great tradition of the church. But um, I am aware that at times people just sort of post whatever and they don't necessarily have any backing for it. If you don't have backing, it doesn't disqualify you. It just means that, um, you know, we'd like you to learn how to think biblically and post things that are more compelling over time. But this is all the process that all of us are on, right? We're all growing. None of us has arrived. And so, uh, you know, maybe I'm the lead dog on the sled, thinking of an Eskimo dog sled, um, but, but we're all pulling the sled. And so if you have that in mind, just understand this is meant to be a participative group where we're sharing experiences and learnings more than, hey, Ken, what's the answer to my problem here on this deliverance issue or that healing problem? Or, you know, what's the ninth apostolic incarnation of Enoch actually all about? Right. Well, and I think, you know, that's that's a it kind of leads us to our next um, uh, our next topic that I wanted to discuss uh, so people can know. But essentially, you know, I, I've been a member of this group for a long time. And uh, what it does is it, it really links a lot of like minded people and people that might be a little bit further down the road on, on some of the information. And so you can find a significant amount of, of answers to questions uh, that you may be having uh, on that site, either through the search feature that because most of them have been asked uh, already or by other people that have been, um, you know, in this sort of vein. A little bit longer and we're all getting that information uh essentially from uh 
from going and listening and participating uh, and maybe attending uh, different uh, teachings that Ken has done. And so, you know, if I would just encourage folks that like part of the reason, Ken, you're not able to answer every question uh, is because you are answering the questions. You're just doing it, uh, you know, either on the road or through your school. And so I just kind of wanted to transition us uh, a little bit because, um, I, you know, I noticed there's so many when, when I put the posts on Facebook, um, a lot of those questions and even Brian responded to a lot of them and said, like, hey, the answer you're looking for has been addressed in uh, in, you know, sometimes episodes of our podcast or in uh, this teaching or in this class. And um, and that's part of part of what I think is um, it's the phenomenon of just being able to uh, cope with the growth of, of people wanting to um, get involved in your teachings and uh, in, in, you know, essentially your discipleship. And so um, we, we have a lot of places that we can reference. So, Ken, I wanted to talk about sort of your life and it's dissected. Yep. Before we do that, I just want to make um, one other comment. <clears throat> Part of why we have all these other platforms going on now, specifically this podcast comes to mind, uh, but also our school, um, our prayer room is, you know, praise God. Um, there's been response to what we're attempting to do here. And um, with that, I, you know, we, we do try to listen to the feedback we get from all of you out there. We can't always respond instantaneously, but, but it's not that it goes unnoticed. And so um, one of the things that people said was, we would like to have more live dynamic interaction. The Facebook group is nice, but it's a little static. And that's because back in the earlier days, in particular, we didn't even have Facebook live. But in addition to that, um, I pretty much wrote out everything I posted, which again, writing a good post might take an hour or more. And so I, I was doing a lot of posting and over time as, as social media developed and people were accustomed to watching reels and lives and things like that, people said, why don't you do some of that? And so periodically I'll post Facebook lives in that group. They're not written out. That, that makes them harder to search, by the way, but I at least try to title them and give a quick synopsis uh, in, a, in a written uh, thing. An executive summary is what we'd call it in business of what's in that one. So you, that, that may help, you know, which ones you might want to watch. Um, but the other thing is people said, you know, more, more motion, more live stuff. So this is one of those. Now, if you're listening to this while you're driving, you're not getting any video interactivity, but, um, but you could, if you wanted to go pick it up off of YouTube, watch it on our app or do it on the Apple store or Google play or on charisma. We're on all of those platforms. If you want to see the video side of things. Um, so we are attempting to respond to you. The other thing people said they, they wanted was, you know, deeper, deeper, deeper training and teaching. So we've launched our school. It's been, we actually, as it worked out, we launched it as COVID was, was happening and hitting the world. That was not planned. It was just serendipity. Um, but our school is now, um, in its fourth year and it's still going. So we have a lot of these things we've developed for your benefit, but you may not sort of see the overall 
picture of what we're doing. Grant's going to ask some more questions about all that, so I'm not going to run ahead of him. But I, I just want to make you aware we are trying to listen and we are trying to be responsive to the things that you uh, would like to see and are asking for. Yeah, and and I that's where I wanted to go next is just to, to allow people to get an uh, an overview of um, of what Orbis is doing uh, in order to. Uh, complete the mission, accomplish the mission of equipping um, and discipling people uh, as Jesus did. And I know that that's your passion. I know we've gotten into a lot of talks about that, you and I, of, uh, of your, your drivenness towards that. You, you are absolutely sold out to the mission of Jesus uh, to go and make disciples and um, to see the kingdom uh, come uh, in, in all of these avenues. And so there, uh, you know, essentially I remember when we, uh, when, when you and I had maybe one of our first interactions, I'm a pastor and it's not unusual to, for us to have, you know, itinerant speakers coming in. And, and I said, Hey, I would love to, um, love to have you at the church, you know, and all of that sort of stuff. And, uh, you said, essentially, you didn't say it like this, but you basically said, good luck because you were pretty much booked out for like two and a half, three years and you showed it to me on your calendar. You opened it up and just went through it. I just thought that was hilarious. And uh, by the grace of God, he uh, organized to where a few months later, actually, um, we, we were able to host you. And, and that's how we got uh, connected. But I say that to say, you, you literally uh, are doing as much as possible. Like, I want people to understand that, uh, and, and you may not want me to go too far into this, but but just so you know, if you're listening to this, Ken is, is doing as much as possible uh, to complete his, his mission that he's been given by the Lord, his calling. Um, and, uh, and even in the way that Ken operates is, is radically different than, you know, I would say 95% of, uh, of people that travel and minister uh, in the way that he, he is so attentive. He's, uh, he, it's built upon relationships and there's literally no more space for him most of the time to squeeze in another uh, service or meeting or whatever because he's, he's doing that so much. And it's because, you know, not because you're just uh, so good looking, you know, but it's because that what Ken is, uh, yes, he's showing off his, his beautiful looks right now. What Ken brings, and I think we all know that uh, as we're here, is, is just, it's, I think it's answering questions that we're all asking that no one else is, is speaking to honestly of, of, you know, this idea of, okay, God is not a theory. I mean, that's, that's a loaded um, title. And I think so many people are coming awake to that. And so in an answer to be able to continue to equip, to continue to make disciples, because I'll tell you, if you've sat under Ken's teaching, if you have, um, you know, been, somewhat discipled or trained or, or however you want to think about it. I'll take your prayers on my prayer team over anyone else that I've interacted with. And because it is, to me, it's the most effective. I, I had this conversation with three people uh, this past week about, um, you know, if there's, if there's one thing we're going to be able to do, it's we're going to be able to see the Lord encounter people and to see them get healed, to see them get set free. And I think Ken does that better through his integrated healing model than, than anyone else out there right now, uh, in, in my opinion. And so we want everyone to be activated in that. And so, uh, Ken, you, you have um, 
somehow found time, which, which I really don't know how your life works and how you can do that, but you've somehow found time to do these. We do these, uh, we're, we're putting out 52 of these a year. They're at least an hour long. So that's at least 52 hours. It's probably double by the time we get on, we say our how you doings and get set up and think about it. It might be triple by the time you, you always have questions prepared and everything going on. So, you know, maybe 150 hours worth of, uh, of these podcasts. But then you also have uh, a school that you're you're doing, and so that's what I wanted to talk to people and talk to you about is uh, is the Orbis um, Ministry School. And so, can you tell us, give us an overview of how does it work and what does it look like and what can people expect? Because uh, I mean, all of these questions are from people that say, "I want to know more. I want to go deeper. I want all of that." And I think this is a great way that people can do this. So, can you can you talk to us a little bit about Orbis School of Ministry? Yeah, Orbis School of Ministry, uh, you can get to it through our website, which is orbisministries.org, but it actually has its own standalone website. It's a subdomain, there's no magic here, but um, that's orbissm.com. The SM stands for School of Ministry. So orbissm.com, and yes, there are two S's in Orbis SM. So uh, this is a school that we started, as I said a few minutes ago, at the front end of COVID, it wasn't intended to coincide with COVID. We had no idea, but it just worked out. Um, we teach um, some, what I consider to be core curriculum items for operating in the supernatural. And a lot of my framework I learned from when I was working with John Wimber. And so I guess in some ways, I mean, I've had people say that you know, I'm replicating John Wimber more closely than anybody that they're aware of. Uh, there may be some who do it even better. I don't know. I'm just trying to pay honor to John, but I'm not I'm not slavishly devoted to John, uh, although I certainly honor him and I mention him all the time. Anyone who's around me knows I quote Wimberism uh, almost continuously because they're embedded in me. John had such a huge impact on me that the things that he said his philosophies on things i mean they really shaped who i was when i was a, a young man very young man in my 20s and into my 30s and so um I, it's almost like i can't help it I'm not, I'm not doing it gratuitously i'm doing it because it's it's the it's the substrate of what's in me uh but anyway we we created um several topics and generally when we release courses each topic has three uh, levels of classes, a 101, a 102, and a 103. And so we have a basic healing course called Heal as Jesus Healed. Um, we have a, a basic inner healing course called He Restores My Soul. We have a basic deliverance course called Breaking Bondage. And we have a basic prophecy course called Prophesy with the Prophets. Now, note that when I say course, I don't mean a single class. There's three classes, 101, 102, but all of them are under these four titles that I just gave. Um, we've also got an advanced uh, inner healing and deliverance class called Deep Restoration. We have an advanced prophetic ministry class that builds on the Prophesy with the Prophets class. And let me just say this for a moment while I'm here. Um, one of the things that I've tried to do in teaching prophecy is I've tried to use 
uh, lots and lots and lots of the prophetic literature that's in the Bible. Many people who teach prophecy don't do that. And I think it's because the prophetic books can be quite intimidating. Um, they are their own class of literature. They're even older than the New Testament. And they often have odd turns of phrase. And more importantly than anything, most people don't really understand the context into which those prophets were speaking. Now, the context is sprinkled elsewhere through the Old Testament. It's just like with the Gospels. We always say you can read Matthew, Mark, and Luke side by side. The, the traditional term for that is synoptic, S-Y-N, sun means with, so optic to view. So view them together. The synoptic Gospels are meant to be read side by side and to capture kind of the integrated picture. Well, there's a similar effect with the prophetic literature of the Old Testament, where there's the storyline of the Old Testament. It's sprinkled through the books of Samuel and the Kings and also the Chronicles. And uh, beyond that, we've got um, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and I'd say Ezra and Nehemiah as well. These are all historic books. And, and the prophets were speaking into that storyline. And so if you don't know the storyline, you won't understand what the prophets are prophesying about. And oftentimes the best way to read this stuff is to read that piece of that prophet's uh, material alongside of the story that goes with the history line. So we've tried to make the teaching of the prophets uh, extremely scripturally grounded and synoptic in the now Old Testament sense of the word. And that, I think, gives people a richer tapestry and it helps them prophesy more effectively. And uh, and and I, I think you know the fruit that we're seeing come out of the school um, proves that up. We're probably about ready to record a third topic in prophetic ministry, but again, at the moment, I've got other things that are priorities ahead of it. So it's it's in queue, but it's not it's not going to get done right away. It might be a few months till we get to that. Anyway, um, well, and then so you take one of those. Talk about how they work as far as cohorts, as far yeah. as all of that. Yeah. So we don't just want you to sit and watch videos. I mean, we do because it's a an effective way for me to teach the same material over and over to people who want to hear that material um, without me having to be on stage and using time, which isn't reproducible. Everybody has the same 168 hours in every week. Um, but in addition to the teaching that comes by video, uh, we periodically reoffer these topics and I have a cohort of TAs who work with me, and they've been working with me for a while. They've been trained by me. Uh, philosophically, we're, you know, we're all marching together. And I meet with those TAs, not as often as I used to, because again, my time's gotten so busy, but I do meet with them. And we discuss where are we going? What are we doing? And they lead the activation groups where people practice with one another. And we do this all over Zoom. So you don't have to, you know, leave where you live to be part of our school. You just need to sign on when your cohort is meeting. And just for those of us that, you know, aren't academically inclined, TA means teaching assistant. Yeah. So these are people that you have trained that, um, you know, will will facilitate and help learn and answer questions and people can interact directly with those people. That's correct. Yeah, and is Normally, that if you're signed up for a class and you're in a cohort with a teaching assistant or TA, you're going to have um, two cohort meetings per month that you will engage with 
beyond what you're getting through the, t the teaching that's recorded that you watch. And so um, that gives you a chance to ask questions of them. There are always activation sessions, whether for words of knowledge, prophetic words, praying for people online. And a lot of things happen in those, um, you know, in those cohorts. And then the other thing that we have is a live webinar with me. And it's, uh, it's a webinar and it's run over Zoom. And so when people uh, come to those webinars, they can submit their questions in advance. Those always take priority because they were thought through and submitted early. Uh, but we also have a time at the end, assuming we've not run out of time, for people to ask questions live on the webinar. And sometimes I'll bring supplemental teaching, but of late, just to be honest, because I know some of our students will be listening to this podcast and I am i don't want to appear to be uh, not speaking truth. Um, of late, we've had so many questions coming in that I haven't brought supplemental teachings, but that doesn't mean I can't and I haven't and I won't. It just means uh, sometimes what's in front of us is, is enough. Uh, but I may bring supplemental teachings, and generally we're going to have a time of prayer for impartation. Um, at times I'll prophesy over people, and sometimes I've even prayed for people to do a live demonstration in the webinar, and people can watch how I myself pray, and then we debrief it so they can say, well, why did you pray this way, or what was the meaning of that, or why did you use this scripture, you know, whatever is the relevant question. Um, so what that means is, uh, if you're catching it all, in addition to the videos that you will watch on your own, you're going to have three times a month when you're interacting with either me or the teaching assistants, and you're going to be getting live supplemental content above and beyond what you get in the school. And then beyond that, what we encourage our students to do is to come along to meetings that I may be leading here, there, and everywhere and become part of the ministry team. Um, and practice what you're learning on, you know, live subjects. Um, I attempt, again, sometimes when I go to churches, the churches want me to meet with their leadership teams, or the pastors want to have meals with me, or, you know, whatever. Um, so there can be things that can preempt this, but I attempt to meet with the students that are there as my ministry team to pray with them, uh, to discuss uh, what's going on in the meetings, what to expect, uh, to help them understand how to navigate meetings like this, because my vision, there are several parts to my vision, but one important piece is that one of these days, hopefully not too far in the future, um, some of our students are going to be mature enough, ready enough, um, confident enough themselves to go out and lead meetings of these kinds themselves. Uh, and with that, we can expand the reach and the impact of what Orbis is doing across many more congregations and thereby change the face of the church in America and the world. Um, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So for me, uh, my Jerusalem is Los Angeles and its environs. So maybe Orange County, San Diego. Uh, Riverside County, San Bernardino County, Santa Barbara, stuff like that. That's my Jerusalem. My Judea, uh, the state of California, the western states of the United States, maybe something like that, maybe a little broader. Uh, so Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all of the U.S., and then uttermost parts of the world. So we're anywhere that's not the U.S. It's not that I have a priority on the U.S., or I think it's more important in God's mind than any other country. It's just that's the pattern Jesus set. That's the pattern we're trying to follow. 
But anyone who's aware of my calendar would know that I go many times a year to other nations. Um, and that's, for me, part of going to the uttermost parts of the earth as well. And so that's, that's amazing. And so again, you know, just as someone who has benefited from a relationship with you and, and uh, you know, the things that I have learned have come from the very things that you're talking about of just being with you, of watching you pray, of praying with you, of dialoguing afterwards in the car on the way home or whatever of saying, you know, you said this, why'd you say that? And just watching how you're doing things again, not that you're magic, but you've just had those now I'd say maybe 50,000 hours of, of opportunities to pray for people. And, uh, and, and so you're, you're just more, uh, you've learned more than me and, and have uh, done it more than me. And so I, that's why I'm able to do that. And so, so what I'm hearing and what I want people to hear is that you get an opportunity to do this on a, on a, a larger scale and even more than I would be able to do this um, because we don't live in the same place and you travel a lot and I have things to do. And so this is a great way for people to really uh, expand their knowledge, expand their practice and to, uh, to get a chance to do something because I'll tell you, I've been there. Uh, if you show up to a place uh, to ask Ken a question, he's going to do the best he can possibly do to answer your question and spend some time with you. Uh, but he just can't. He can't do it with everyone. And uh, there's multiple times where I'll almost have to pick him up and carry him away because we have another appointment uh, that, that I've got to get him to. And so there's there's been a time where I almost picked you up this last time. said, we got to go. Uh, but I was afraid he was going to punch me in the face if I did that. Ah! So I didn't do that. But I'm not uh, prone to violence. Don't worry about getting punched. <laughs> well, not for everybody, but I think you probably would have punched me just for fun. But, um, <laughs> but so I, I want people to understand that. No, so let me ask you this because that's a different model than most people are familiar with. Um, we're sitting here at the top of the year. Um, how does how does that work as far as timing goes? Can someone jump into these things? Is are they uh, are they closed and open at certain times of the year, and they have to be on watch for those? Like, how does that work as far as enrolling in the classes and? getting the benefits for the cohort and all of that. Most people have like on demand. So I guess that's my question. Is this on demand or is, do we need to watch for times for these courses? Well, we post my travel calendar, anything that's public. Occasionally I do meetings that are non-public. No, I'm talking about the, uh, the courses on the, on your school. Oh, um, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, the school, um, orbissm.com. And no. what we what we have posted there is all of the what I would term legacy courses, stuff that's already been released. And again, we periodically re-release it, which doesn't mean we've updated the content. It means that we're offering it as a as a kind of a focused offering. And with that, cohorts are available and webinars will be available. Okay. What what ends up happening um, for some people is they want to take it right now, and we may not be offering it as a, as a, you know, current offering, they can still buy the content and watch it and at least get started in their training by, by watching. And by the way, once you buy a course, you own it for life. You can watch it as many times as you want uh, over and over and over. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that, you know, you don't need to watch it, you know, so many times because uh, hopefully I've taught it clearly enough. And if you're paying attention which I know what it is to be distracted and you miss something, go, wait, what did that, what was that? And then you need to go back and listen again. But, but if you're, you know, if you're on your game, you're paying attention, hopefully you're able to uh, internalize all this. But, you know, I do have students in my school who have told me 
that they have listened to or watched uh, things that I've done as many as 15 times uh, because they say that every time I listen, I get something new out of it. That's always mystifying to me. I mean, I'm, I'm honored. I'm glad, but I don't even understand how that works, but apparently that goes on. So another way of doing it beyond when we offer a live active course, you know, on sequence is you could just buy the stuff when you want to and start watching it. And typically when we reoffer a class, um, we will we will give the opportunity to purchase just the uh, activation groups and the webinar as an adder. So what that means in practice is let's just pick a topic. Heal is Jesus healed. This is our basic uh, course on healing, and it's modeled after the scripture. We look at storyline and we look at specific case studies in scripture. How did Jesus heal here? What can we learn about healing from that? So you could go listen through all that. But then later, when we offer it as an on-sequence or current offering type course, having had the content because you've been watching it, um, you could sign up just for the activation groups and the webinar, and you've already bought the materials, so you don't have to pay for that again. And so the, that, that activation component is, is a lower price. Now, you've paid you know, this for the content. And then the activation components here. So together, you're paying the same as you would have paid if you bought it all at once on sequence. But it lets you do it at your own pace, other than that live interaction part, which we offer when we offer. No, I think that's important uh, to to just make distinctions in and all of that. So, um, okay, well, so that's great. We've got the school, and you're and and just so you know, just if, in case people don't haven't seen this, these videos are. Um, professionally done by, you know, Hollywood type directors and producers and editors. And they take a, a significant amount of time and money uh, for you to produce uh, because they're, um, they're really, really high quality. And so I want, I want to just let people know that, um, you know, you, you take, I mean, sometimes you're, you're there spending several weeks just doing the filming and recording um, of that. And, uh, and so it's, it's great great quality i would say some of the best that's out there uh, for I spend, sure i spend right now about a month a year in front of a camera recording we usually record two topics a year three classes per topic um so that's a month in front of the camera but before i ever get in front of the camera all the scripts have to be produced and then I, of course i have to edit them and editing those scripts is something above two more weeks a year of editing time and and you know we have good writers that are using starting with anyway my notes uh that i've written somewhere along the way so it's my content but it's being formatted into what's necessary for you know recording in front of a camera so what i just told you is i'm spending a minimum of six weeks a year of my time now there's 52 weeks in a year so about 10 percent of my year is being given to um, creating new content for the school. And that doesn't include the time I spend running webinars, uh, meeting with the TAs, uh, some administration, although we do have a school registrar, Joe McKay, and um, she, she handles a lot of the you know, nitty gritty paperwork, assigning people to cohorts, um, you know, answering general operating questions, uh, signing people up for school when we open a new class. And on that topic, by the way, um, early uh, this year. So in, in about 
about a month, uh, early part of February, we are going to launch a brand new uh, topic called evangelism and discipleship. And we have a we have a catchy title for it. I think it's called Winning Souls and Making Disciples. And we recorded this in the summer of 23. And um, so it's about to come out. Given where we are in the prophetic time clock, given what's happening with awakening and revival in America and beyond, I I really mean this when I say it. And it's not because I'm trying to get your money. It's because I want people trained and ready to function. I would like to see every single person who listens to this podcast take that class. It doesn't have prerequisites. Some of our classes do. We've got other classes that are either out or coming up where you need to have had some of our other material to get into those classes, the higher level classes. We go as high as 301 through 303 now. Um, but this particular class doesn't require that. But here's the thing. Everyone's talking about the Great Awakening, the Great Revival, the move of God. I believe in it. But here's what I know. We aren't going to have a move of God unless people are being converted and unless they're being discipled into the faith with some depth. And by the way, they, they can't just get converted. They themselves have to become replicating. And so one of the things we know is when people get saved, a lot of times that's when they're the most productive as evangelists because they're still interfacing with non-believers. The longer you're a Christian, the more likely you are, if you're consecrated, to be interacting with Christians because you're no longer hanging around in bars or you know going down to the red light district or I don't know, whatever it is that you were into that was, you know, worldly and carnal. And so you tend to lose touch with those people over time. And so um, for those who have lost touch with non-believers, we want them to learn how to build those relationships without getting sucked down the rat hole of sin and become evangelists again and know how to disciple somebody that you've led to the Lord. Most Christians don't know how to do that, even if they're switched on on fire believers. And for those that are maybe newer believers, uh, you know, they may still be talking about Jesus, brown rice, and UFOs, and that macrobiotic tofu. And that's not an effective evangelism strategy. And so we want them to learn, here's how to talk about your faith in a normal way that looks like what went on in the Bible, and that leads to converts. And so I would literally like to see every single person who listens to us and who follows us take this evangelism discipleship course with the idea that people will become um, tuned up. They'll have confidence in sharing their faith. They'll sort of know how to direct a conversation the right way without taking it over and being obnoxious or getting down rabbit trails that lead to dead ends. And with that, um, there's a there's a fruitfulness, there's a productivity uh, in their evangelistic efforts because all of us are called to this job of leading people to the Lord, even if we never stand on a stage and preach the way Billy Graham or Daniel Kalenda or who, whoever your favorite evangelist may be, Jeremy Nelson, he's been on this show before. Um, you know, whoever your favorite evangelist may be, you may not have that calling, but you're still called to evangelize your friends, neighbors, relatives, things like that. Yeah, amen to that. I, I always ask people uh, almost weekly uh, from the pulpit, how, how many people did you lead to Christ in the last week? And was it more than one? And uh, how many disciples are you currently making? Is it less than six? Because that we're all supposed to do that. And you can fill your time doing a lot of Christian activities uh, and actually, you know, not do the job that we're, we're called to do. So 
uh, please everyone. Yes. And, and a lot of it is people don't talk about it. They don't have practice in it. They don't have practice in sharing their faith. And so people's confidence is, is so low in being able to do that. So Ken, I, I really appreciate you doing that. And, um, and so, yes, please go uh, and sign up for that class. Uh, and just so you know, and, and I can vouch for Ken and, and I don't get paid for doing this podcast or even for saying this, but um, he's not in it for the money. Uh, these classes cost a lot to make because they're such great quality and he believes in doing things in excellence. And so, um, you know, he, he really wants to replicate as many uh, effective uh, disciples as possible. And so, uh, so just, just sort of another plug there. So we've got the school, we've, we're talking about the podcast and we're going to have different, we're listening to, to what you're saying uh, on, on the Facebook group. We've talked about that, the Facebook group. Uh, and so, you know, for this podcast, we're going to, we're going to mix in um, some interviews and some of you have asked for, for certain people. And so we're working on trying to get those. You've asked for, uh, for different teachings on things. We're going to, we're going to talk about those. We're sort of segmenting our time a little bit and focusing in on what you all have asked for, for this podcast for this year. Uh, we, we know that there's also, we want to hear from Ken. We want to hear his stories, his opinions, his thoughts on culture, what he's seeing prophetically. There's, there was a lot of people that wanted to hear that. And, and then there's a, a lot of people that wanted to say, Hey, listen, I'm, you know, talk a little bit about this kind of deliverance or this issue uh, in healing. And so we're going to, we're going to do a better job uh, or a more focused job, I should say, on trying to get you the content that you're asking for and, um, and being a little bit more focused. And so if you do have questions on the podcast, you can, you can shoot us a message in that group. You know how to do that, or you can send us an email. We have a podcast email, Kim. What, what is that? Do you know? I don't remember it off the top of my head. It's it's really uh, intuitive. Podcast at orbisministries.org. There you go. All right, perfect. And so you can shoot us questions. And sometimes we do do a Q&A. Uh, and so we'll we'll answer questions that you're putting in uh, directly into that uh, as well. And then, Ken, I want to talk about uh, briefly, because we're, we're coming up on the end of our time here. Um, there's also an Orbis prayer ministry network. Um that's that's separate from the school and separate from this Facebook group and separate from the podcast and separate from your itinerant traveling. There's now, uh, if I'm explaining it correctly, like an online prayer group. Uh, could you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So we uh, we launched the Orbis Prayer Ministry Network at the end of 2022, um, and it's ongoing. We have 120 prayer ministers that have been trained through our school. So um, again, that's another venue to use what you would learn in our school. We want you to do it in your church. We want you to do it in your workplace. We want you to be doing it with your friends and neighbors and family. But um, many people say, well, my church isn't that open to this sort of thing, but I'm really interested in it. Okay, this might be a venue for you to put to work uh, the very skills you're learning in our school. Um, so we have 120 people that um, are prayer ministers. And it's not just you put up your hand. We actually evaluate you every year at our annual Immerse conference, which is um, an internal thing. No one can come to Immerse other than our students, so it's not open to the public. Uh, anyone who takes classes, though, who's part of the public, which is everybody, I guess, uh, anyone who's in a class can, can come to Immerse, and we have intensive training there, special topics. I usually have three, maybe four teachings. Um, we do live demonstrations with people who volunteer to be prayed for in front of the room. And then we deconstruct those. We, we take them apart and explain why we did what we did, why we went in a particular direction. 
And people love those uh, demonstrations. I, I think those are among the high points of Immerse. But it's also a highly socially interactive time. And what we do at every Immerse is we put people into cohorts that are specific to Immerse. Um, these cohorts are in the range of 10 to 12 people. Sometimes they're a little bigger or smaller. It depends on how many TAs we can get to break away from their other activities of life and come and run the cohorts. I circulate. I may drop in on any cohort and participate. But in the cohorts, you both receive prayer uh, and give prayer. And in all of that, now when you're receiving, you're just getting prayer. But if you're praying, you're being evaluated. And um, we have dedicated slots to evaluate people who are wanting to become ministers in our prayer room. And um, we've had some people wait a year or get more training in this or that area, whatever. Uh, we try to be kind and generous and, you know, gracious Christians. So we, we are seeking to be warm and uh, encouraging. So nobody should feel threatened by that. But we do want to make sure there's some standard of care, some uniformity of prayer style and quality that we're delivering because, again, we found effectiveness in the material that we teach and the prayer models we're using. And so we want to be sure we have a, a consistency with what we're doing. Um, in OPMN, Orbis Prayer Ministry Network, and that, by the way, is the name of the website, opmn.org. Um, in OPMN, there's going to be two prayer ministers for every person who comes in. It's all done over Zoom. We have the highest grade of encryption uh, in these uh, prayer uh, times that is available to civilians. I mean, the U.S. government has higher, but but we aren't eligible to uh, have that. And even if it were available, I think it'd be too expensive. But we have very high level of encryption. Um, everything's recorded, not so we can um, hold you hostage later. But should there ever be a, con a conflict or a question about what was or wasn't said, we can go back and watch the videos. By the way, we've never had to go back and watch any videos yet. And we just keep them quietly locked in our secure encrypted vault. And that's it. I suppose at some point we'll probably end up deleting them. But, you know, we want to keep them around long enough that if, if there is something that pops up a year or two later, uh, we can still access those recordings. And so the two prayer ministers will pray for the person who has signed up for the appointment. Now, to sign up for an appointment, it doesn't cost you anything, although we will take a donation and we, you know, put that in front of you to consider making one. Because it does take a lot of money to run this prayer network. All the software for scheduling, all of this encryption, all of this storage, you'd be shocked at how fast it adds up. It costs us tens of thousands of dollars every year to keep the prayer net network running. But... Um, but but again, we don't charge. And if you don't have money or you didn't think it was worth it, don't give an, don't give an offering. Um, so there you go. Uh, you can sign up for a prayer appointment. Uh, you'll come in online. You'll meet with the two prayer ministers who are there. And every now and then I'll be involved. But again, don't, don't come with the expectation that Ken's going to pray for you because um, typically it's our prayer ministers who are doing that praying. And... Uh, and they will pray according to the things that we teach in our school and the things that they have learned and their growing knowledge base. And by the way, for our OPMN prayer ministers, uh, usually once a month, we kind of fell off the rails in 2023 for about three months because I was traveling so much and so busy with studies, I, I didn't have time to schedule them. But normally once a month, I do a meeting with our OPMN prayer ministers and we will take a case study or two, sometimes three, but typically one or two. 
and we'll tear it apart. We'll talk about, okay, this is what you did right. This is what you could have done better. Um, this is why you got stuck at this key point. Here's some things to think about as a strategy to get further with that person. And by the way, if you didn't get your breakthrough on the first round, you can come back and book a second uh, session. And so they'll come back with that newer updated information that we debriefed on with the OPMN ministers, and they will use that upgraded knowledge set or new approach that maybe was discussed in our review uh, to help you get your breakthrough. So that's what we do with OPMN. But again, if you just need prayer, sign up at opmn.org and, um, and you'll get prayer. And again, you can make a donation if you want to, but uh, we don't charge you to get prayer. No, that's incredible. And uh, in case you're wondering, the Holy Spirit can work through Zoom. And uh, we've, we've seen it and uh, been able to uh, experience that firsthand. So I uh, certainly want to encourage people that need prayer uh, to do that as well. And um, if you're one of those people that are in the Nashville area and say, hey, you know, I'd love to, to do this in my church, but that's just not what we do. You should come to my church because we'll totally use you. And uh, as we're, we're, we're needing more and more people to pray, uh, that's a shameless plug for me. But uh, really quick going on, the, the other thing that you can do as far as um, interacting and becoming a part of, uh, of the things that, that Ken is doing, Ken, your, your travel schedule is pretty extensive. And so um, people can actually come to a lot of the churches, post their meetings um, that they're having. A lot of uh, things are, are going on. Uh, all over the world, and even uh, mission trips that, that um, I guess I would call it a mission trip. You just call it a trip because that's what you're doing. Uh, it's a, it foreign trips that, that you're taking to different, um, different countries and all of that. People can join those and, and come on those. Can you talk a little bit about your, your travel, what's kind of coming up in the, in the near, uh, near future, and, and maybe how people can jump on some of these trips? Well, rather than name specific dates and places because it'll just become a blur in people's minds what i'll direct you to is uh one of three places uh, the first one we've already talked about the god is not a theory group my entire calendar again of public meetings is posted in god is not a theory and that'll be both in the u.s and overseas um the next place you can go is to our website orbisministries.org again the entire calendar is posted there and you don't have to be put into a group to sign on to the website and um and look at my calendar and then the last option is our app, which you can download in the Apple Play or the Apple Store, or the Google Play Store, and uh, my calendar is posted in the app. So any of those will work. If you're interested in going on an overseas trip, generally we want people who are at least familiar with what we're doing um, for going on those trips. Now, a lot of the people who go on those are people who are in our school. They may be OPMN prayer ministers. They might be TAs of mine. Um, but we do, we don't make the requirement, uh, at least at this time, we don't, could change. I'm not anticipating it to change. I'm just trying to be fully disclosing. And so no one feels like I didn't tell them the truth. Uh, at this time, you don't have to have had, you don't have to be a TA. You don't have to be a prayer minister. You don't have to be in the school to go on an international trip. You do, however, need to be familiar <clears throat> with the way we think, the kind of teaching that we're doing so that you're at least tracking with us. And the point in going on an international trip would be to have a multi-day immersive experience where you're praying, uh, you're hearing teaching, you're, it probably should be the opposite order. You're, teach, you're hearing teaching, you're praying for people, you're doing debrief sessions with me, 
most every day. Now and then we get busy enough and we don't do them, but generally debriefs uh, on what, what what's going on, what's working, what's not working, what are we seeing on the ground, what are our new key learnings from this particular trip, um, and how do we function more effectively as a team. Um, so there's that kind of time. And we try to hold the size of those teams to, it, it's really scaled to the length of the trip and the uh, size of the meeting. We want to be sure that we have enough ministers for the anticipated size of the meeting. But also, um, I want to be sure that I get some time with everybody. Now, that's not to say you're going to spend all of your time with me, but I'm going to at least try to spend um, a few hours with you and maybe have you help me pray for some people so you get some one-on-one -on -one hands on training. This is very valuable for a lot of people. Um, it's not something I can typically do in the United States because those trips are shorter. They tend to be two to three days in length, whereas an overseas trip might be two to three weeks. And with that, I have more time to mingle with the team. But know that these trips fill up and when they're closed, they're closed. And then you'd have to look at a different trip. And, um, and again, there are some uh, things that we want to know are already going on in your life. Because if we're going to spend that kind of time with you, we want to know that we've got people who are they're on board and they're looking to deepen their discipleship yeah that's great and you you touched briefly as well on the app and uh, we'll, we'll finish this up with that there is an orbis ministries app that you can download it's free and there is a, a significant amount of teaching uh that's available there videos courses it's broken down by subjects and uh you can um you can go there you can listen to our podcasts uh from the app you can uh, see his calendar and then you can also uh, get a tremendous amount of free um, free teaching, and uh, that that even rotates and refreshes, uh, and new things are added um, pretty regularly on on that app. So if you haven't already downloaded the Orbis Ministries app, uh, there's really no reason that you shouldn't, because um, I used to before the the app. I've I've paid for a lot of things, a lot of these teachings, uh, and spent a lot of money that you don't have to do. And you can have it uh, right there for free. Uh, but there is a suggested donation to pay it forward because all of this technology, all of these things take people and money and resources. And um, and so, you know, there is that as well. So we would encourage you to do that. With that, Ken, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up because we actually have to go record another podcast uh, with someone else, our, our next, our first interview of the year. Um, but is there anything you'd like to say as we close out? Um, you know, I'll simply say there's a lot of momentum out there with what the Lord is doing. But one of the things I learned from John Wimber, here's a Wimberism. Um, it may be kingdom work, but it's still work. And work means time, energy, and money. So if we're going to be intentional and we're going to be disciples, but intentional about the things of the kingdom, we need to be focused and dedicated. We need to give our all to him uh, because he's worthy of it. And Paul put it this way. Now I'm going to call, quote Paul instead of uh, John Wimber. Uh, but Paul put it this way. Um, I am ambitious to be well-pleasing unto him. Or uh, whatever you do, whether in thought, word, or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord. So we want our lives to be lives of focused dedication to Christ, his church, and his cause. That's a Wimberism, the three C's. To Jesus himself, the church of Jesus, and the greater cause of Christ in the world. And so um, you will work hard if you're going to grow as a disciple and you will put ultimately over a period of a lifetime, 
hundreds and thousands of hours into this. And the more uh, intentional you become, the closer you get to Jesus, the more of your own time you're going to give up to him. You may find that you're laying down hobbies or, um, you know, avocations. Nothing wrong with a lot of those things. They're, they're perfectly fine. But you have a higher priority now. You're, you're all about the kingdom. And so uh, you may find that your, your time use begins to change. And then money. Um, it takes money to run all the things that we've described, uh, but you will spend your money. You might spend it going on a missions trip with me or somebody else. You might spend money buying materials. You might spend money deciding that you want to go get these books. Um, you might spend money on uh, making donations of, say, charity or, um, you know, whatever to people who are less advantaged. Uh, you may find that the Lord changes your spending priorities and you say, man, I'm aware of a friend who's really in a hardship and I want to, I want to have, I want to give them some money and that money might've been part of, I don't know, your vacation fund or I don't know, saving for the down payment on a new car, whatever. Um, and you say, I'm going to give this money because this is the purpose of the Lord. So don't think for a minute that on the one hand, no one's charging you well, we do for our classes, but no one's charging you to be a Christian. But but you will spend time, energy, and money. And uh, basically, you can follow the level of discipleship that someone's walking in by the amount of time, energy, and money they give to the purposes of the kingdom. And so we want to help you do that in a way that is, uh, I would say, reasonable, responsible, fruit-bearing, and that in the end, there will be much fruit born. Jesus said he appointed us to bear much fruit. And uh, all of this will give glory to Jesus. And on the last day, when we stand before the great white throne for judgment, he will say to each of us, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah, that's so good. Count the cost. Uh, it's free, but it will cost you everything. So uh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, Ken, thanks so much uh, for taking time out uh, and joining us. Hopefully people have a little bit more perspective of what it means that you're taking time out uh, to do this. Uh, I want to encourage each of you uh, to, to spend this year focused on, um, on going deeper in your faith, deeper in your commitment to Jesus, and, uh, and deeper into the commitment to his cause. And uh, one of those ways you can do that is through all of the things that we talked about uh, on this podcast. Otherwise, we look forward to seeing you all uh, next week. Uh, same time, same channel uh, for another episode of God is Not a Theory with Ken Fish.